Welcome to episode 17 of the Travelling Wellness Show. Did you know that on average we consume approximately 200 eggs per year each? And in many cases, that's talking it way down. But have you ever pondered the true reality of just what kind of egg you're purchasing and the actual impact your choice is having not only on your personal nutrition, but also upon the reality of the laying hens? I probably think not. Behind any consumable food product lies our farmers and food tech specialists who may or may not be considering the impact of their practices upon your health. And with recent stats alluding to the true reality of just how many eggs we actually consume per capita, it's high time that we started to observe the impact of our food choices, both upon the effects that are passed onto our health and that of our loved ones, plus the overall environmental impact of shitty ethical standards. Today I tell the tale of two farmers who ask all the right questions and focus upon perfecting small yield growing practices with eggs. We discuss the industry standards of free range versus organic and pasture eggs and how this relates to animal welfare, what is meaningful access in the free range system and why marketing is deceiving you every time you try to make an informed choice when choosing an egg to purchase. The prevalence and disappointing reality of pesticide and herbicide overuse in the food industry, plus the toxic reality of conventionally grown food, and why you need to start questioning what goes into your body. Why you should be purchasing either organic and pastured eggs from local farmers in your area, or keeping chooks at home yourself. The reality of this low-margin commodity and the actual value of our food, which has unfortunately become lost over time. I hope this episode makes us all have a good hard look at our value systems around food and start getting us back to the larger life questions that have become lost throughout the daily struggle of life. Within the show notes, you'll also find relevant links as discussed throughout the podcast itself. I hope you enjoy this straight from Margaret River. It's a great episode and I hope you enjoy it. Cheers, guys. You are listening to Caravan Conversations with Shannon Brenton. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. Caravan Conversations is proudly produced by PSE Supplements and explores general health, nutrition and lifestyle with one of Australia's most experienced clinicians. Now, let's get into the show. Okay, guys, welcome to this episode of the Travelling Wellness Show. I'm Shannon Brenton, your host and owner of PSC Supplements. Excited to be streaming today from Easter Sunday at the Margaret River Organic Farmer. And a very happy Easter weekend to you guys around the world, wherever you are. You'll probably have this one Monday morning, uh, which should be a rest day after a, a big day on the grog or whatever you people <laughs> like to do on a, on a Sunday. But I hope it's been an awesome time for you. Um, today's podcast, guys, uh, is a cool one. And it's one that uh, in so many ways affects all of us. It's a funny story, actually. I was sitting in a cafe last week uh, doing my normal consultations and uh, I ordered breakfast and while my breakfast was cooking, I got talking to the young guy uh, behind the counter and there was a sign up about the eggs they use and he so proudly uh, you know, demonstrated the eggs and couldn't wait to show me the eggs and couldn't wait to talk about how well they poach and, and how they poach better than other people's eggs and all the rest. Anyway, we got chatting and uh, obviously my ears pricked and he gets his eggs right here from the Margaret River Organic Farmer from today's guests, uh, Lawson and Laura. Try saying that one 10 times fast, eh? <laughs> <clears throat> so 
Anyway, uh, he gave Laura a call, and Laura's been um, very, very um, nice with her time, as has Lawson. So we've just had a nice uh, pancake breakfast here on their property. How many acres are you guys on here? Uh, we have 65, 65 acres. of our own, and we're also share farming another 55 with our neighbour. That's with your cattle next door, yes, yeah? that's yeah, right. Excellent. Yeah. Well, guys, let's just make this formal. Welcome to the show. Um, thank you so much for being here, and thanks so much for uh, chatting with us all on a Sunday, um, be that Easter Sunday as well. <laughs> so... Um, what I might do, if, we, if you don't mind, uh, I know how good your eggs are, and we'll get to eggs soon, but give us a bit of a background, because um, I realise not everyone just all of a sudden starts you know, producing the best eggs in the region um, for no reason. So give us a bit of an idea about how you guys collaborated and came together and uh, how this vision came to be. Oh, well, I moved to Margaret River about 15 years ago um, in for the wine industry, and I was growing grapes conventionally. Um, I'd study viticulture at Charles Sturt Uni in New South Wales in Wagga. Yep. So that that was my reason for moving to the area. Um, after a couple of years, I started managing a vineyard. We had to sell our grapes organically, so I had to start my whole learning again pretty much. And that that sort of, I, you know, my ideas of how farming and agriculture and horticulture looked was was starting to change pretty quick so it was that significant that yeah so was you, that significant? You, talk, you talk conventional and obviously conventional means you know with pesticides sure. herbicides whatever mm-hmm. it might be yes all of a sudden we start looking at uh at organics mm. and you had to pretty much relearn things i oh definitely yeah i hadn't doesn't that i haven't something? touched on touched on any of the concepts at uni or um in my in my background you know i i guess apart from growing up and having compost in our in our gardens yep um I guess that was about as close as it got for me of, of the understanding of what what was possible and and also what we hadn't learnt in in that side of things. So you were mm. just taught to grow, yeah. There was no yeah, sort of oh, worry about the yield or people's health at the end of it. Oh, it was... not not people's health. No, that that certainly wasn't a, a concern. It was just yeah, the yield and and the quality of the grapes for the winemaking um, purpose of making wine. Mm. That that was basically our our role. Um, so yeah, I guess, you know, knowing once I started seeing the other wave of growing things and, and realizing actually, wow, this has a, a d- dramatic impact on, on what we're actually putting into our bodies, you know, mm. wine and, and the, um, you know, the chemicals we, I was using personally, um, yeah. and then realizing how actually that was impacting me and my workers mm. on the vineyard and mm. realizing that I could actually change this. Um, for the greater do good. things differently, yeah, for the people around me, so for the let's consumers. Talk, let's talk chemicals for a tick mm. then, right, because everyone likes a mm. nice vino from time mm. to time. Sure. Um, what's common practice in the growing of grapes? Well, you know, one of the, uh, from the ground up, I suppose we could start, um, you know, under the vines particularly, they get sprayed with a lot of herbicides just to maintain a what what they call a, a weed free area under the vines because it's seen as competition to mm-hmm. the to the vines. So sucking um, nutrients yeah, away. Yeah, taking nutrients and moisture yep. potentially. Um, so that's a that's a sprayed zone. It is a changing now, even in conventional vineyards, but it definitely was back then. A yeah, that that was that just something that happened two or three times a year. So we're talking and roundup and these roundup and um, roundup. Spray Wouldn't want seed. Be pleased. <laughs> oh, oh well, it's it's massive. You know, they it just ha- you know it's, it just happens on a regular basis. No one asks any questions. It, it's just what you do. Mm. Um, and then you know, moving up into the vines, you know, it's a suite of 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 different chemicals from chemicals uh, that are a, a protectant. 
so they'll protect the vines from um, from fungus from fungal fungal diseases to um, systemic chemicals, which actually the vine sucks in and will protect the vines for two to three weeks from different fungal diseases. And then two and to then, three weeks later, this is reapplied automatically. Sure, yeah, yes, mm. exactly. And and some of them are applied weekly, depending on what type of chemical you're using. So yeah, they, there's and and for all the different stages of growth, when different diseases can attack the vines and and are, are they yeah. actually applied directly to the grape? Sure, yes, yeah. Mm. Well, the grape from the time the the actual bunches start forming, um, there's a whole other suite of chemicals that need to protect the bunches mm. from the different diseases that. That, um, Interesting rot. too, you know, um, over some pancakes mm. before you and mm. I told some tales, and I know how passionate you are about organic growing mm. now, but here you were just a normal farmer, yes. so to speak, mm. that had no idea, mm. no interest whatsoever, mm. and you just took this for granted. This was just Of course, did. yeah. Yeah, I remember spraying one day on a tractor and with a open, with just a mask on, my face was, it was an open cabin, the stuff I was spraying, I remember catching a plane that evening to go go over east. And I remember my face tingling where the my skin tingling where the chemical obviously just drifted onto my face and I was like, Oh, that's you know, I wasn't something's not adding up. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't right. Um so and also, you know, one one of the things I that there's the same chemicals are used on a lot of different horticultural products and they all have different withholding periods. Mm. I, I know the one chemical that's used on vines has a third has a 30-day withholding period. So, which means, you're which not means so you can't consume it within 30 days of that being applied. But the same chemical on strawberries has a one-day withholding period. How does that work? It works. But the, the way they test these is the amount of that product that would be consumed per capita and they see that as a, the ah. amount of actual chemical that you're going so no to consume. no one's going to sit down and eat 12 yeah, you're not gonna, strawberries. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And that doesn't take into account how big your size of your body, you know, where the mm. kids eat a whole punnet or an adult. It's just a... Across the a, board yes. average. Mm. Mm. And that really, when I saw that, I thought, wow, this is, there's something really wrong here. It's... Um, so let me guess, yeah. you haven't looked back since? No, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> we'll get to eggs mm. in a tick, but we'll just go on to Laura mm. quickly. Tell us your story, Laura. Hi, Shannon. Hello. Um, Laura's lovely, everyone, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so is Shannon. Oh, we're, thank you. We're very How pleased nice. to welcome you here. Thank you. Um, I came to Margaret River about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm English, as you might be able to tell. Mm. Yes. Um, I grew up um, in a forest in England um, to self-sufficient parents, but... Um, I really didn't get the whole growing thing until I came to Australia and um, experienced myself for a couple of years travelling around as a willing worker on organic farms, the oh, really? uh, woofers cool. thing. Um, and I've always dreamed of having a bit of earth. Um, I've studied permaculture and I work in a sustainability education space. So, Beautiful. Um, yeah, when I met Lawson, um, our values just aligned and... So yeah, you guys, various, you guys came together with like, similar interests, but hadn't met at this point. Yeah, yes, cool. That's How it. cool is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. marriage made in heaven. Mm. That one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we feel very blessed when we wake up every morning here um, in the beautiful Margaret River region. It's uh, yeah, it's absolutely a stunning. Beautiful. I was just saying to Lawson before I spent three weeks here now, and uh, I'm lucky to sort of be where I want for as long as I want, but I'm I'm just not willing. 
I'm not ready to leave. Seriously, <laughs> like, it's got everything. I know, hey, the place has just yeah. got everything. It's <laughs> unbelievable. People yeah. did tell me, and I've really looked forward mm. to the uh, the Southwest. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just a growing haven, and there's so many good. Like I went to the farmers markets yesterday, and the quality of produce there was exceptional, and everyone's happy and friendly, and the waves yeah. are good, and there's always something to do. There's great <laughs> mountain bike tracks here. I'm sold. Anyway, this is about Margaret River. Yeah. Hashtag, you know, I love WA. Mm. But um, that's why we're here for sure. Yeah, but no, it's it's absolutely spectacular. So you guys will move into the present time now. You've got your property here. Um, you've got neighbours that you've got some business with as well in some dual farming with cattle. We'll get to mm-hmm. that as well. But the big thing I want to discuss today is eggs, okay? Eggs affect everyone in the fact that most people, unless they're hardcore vegans, generally will consume egg in you know, one way or another. Uh, I have five a day. That's that's my, my breakfast every yep. day. I, I love my eggs. We love you. Yeah, <laughs> and I love you. But this is a sad thing about you guys. There's no point pumping your business up because you don't want nor need for any more. But... Um, yeah, look, the uh, the chef down the road was saying how good your eggs were. I tried them. They were spectacular. Um, I copped a double yoker, which was good and you know, <laughs> nothing that you get these days. Why am I getting double yokers from, you know, Cole's caged eggs? What's going on? Well, a lot of double yokers won't fit into a standard box, so they probably get sold, get turned into egg, egg pro- powdered else. supplements yeah. and yep. that sort of thing. So, yep. you know, we're lucky we can we stack ours on the top of the catering trays and so some Off people are lucky enough to get double yokers at yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's cafe. talk about, um, we, we touched on conventional versus non-conventional in grapes, okay? And obviously it's a shitstorm of uh, toxins and things that are sprayed on the grapes. We're not here to discuss that. Let's, let's talk eggs for a moment though, okay? So we go to Coles or Woolies or IGA, wherever we like, we're absolutely bombarded with a myriad of different options as far as eggs go and a myriad of different price points as well. So, you know, you'll pay anywhere from, you know, four fifty for a dozen or maybe a bit cheaper up to nine bucks for a dozen depending on on where you are what's what's the general difference in egg quality between like a cage egg a free-range egg and an organic egg and can you just explain the difference of those three so people sort of get an idea what they're buying you could probably take it to the wine level again i know we're not here to talk about wine but you know from the outside Mm. a bottle of wine Mm. looks pretty similar to the next bottle of wine, sure. one one might be you know your nine ninety nine special, yep. and one might be one hundred and eighty nine. Yep. You know that's a um, yeah a very very special wine. Mm. Um, an egg from the outside looks exactly the same, but um, the way it's an animal product. Let's remember, and the way in which that animal has lived mm. um, is crucial to how the egg actually tastes, looks. The whole, the whole sensual experience around mm. an egg yeah. is, is all to do with how that animal has lived. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the, the, um, the cage, the free range and um, the pastured and then the organic systems of egg growing are very different. Um, Lawson, would you like to talk about how organic is different? So, so the difference... So you, you can have um, free range. We know the um, the stocking density of free range now is is set at ten thousand birds per hectare, which is essentially one bird per square meter, mm-hmm. and that that could that could essentially mean a, a large shed, a massive shed. So what's that for free range? For free range, that's the definition of free range. One it could bird be, per square yes, meter. Yes, yeah, that's that's what they that was set recently as wow. a as an industry standard. Um, 
And that's okay. Like, that's well, supposed to be all right for animals. Well, that, apparently that's okay. But it could just mean a massive shed with a few holes in the in the side of the shed with a yard to run in. And, yes. and it, quite often those birds won't even leave the shed. They may, but they may not, you know. Mm. Like, it's mm. a... They um, have all their mm. needs catered for within that shed. The they shed. have their food, their water, um, mm. their flock, you mm. know, essentially what they, they've grown used mm. to inside that shed so that's a safe space isn't it interesting though to to think that they've got everything they need in there and that's their enclosure and that's the place they'd rather be when they have access to a yard Mm. doesn't that say something i don't know any chicken like you i've been out through down mm, to your mm, area down here mm. and there's 250 chickens running around and seriously i I could kick a football and not hit one yes and uh but they're all outside the amount that were in your Mm, lane boxes mm, in there were mm, quite few mm. the rest of them all having a good time and biting me on the foot yes (laughs) it did look tempting (laughs) (laughs) it's a good foot (laughs) so yeah they they, um in a free-range system they only need to have um meaningful access and you know yeah it's semantics but you know what does meaningful mean mm. <laughs> like mm. uh, and who's the asking ac- the chicken mm. what's yeah. meaningful Exactly. It's greenwash. So yeah. it is it mm. is very much so greenwash um and yeah the um advocacy consumer group choice mm-hmm. um the RSPCA and CSIRO have got very different ideas around um, what free range should mean because, you know, when we conjure up the image of free range in our minds, we think of what's shown on the carton, which mm. is usually, you know, yeah, a paddock, a green pasture. paddock mm. and mm. and mm. chooks just running freely. Mm. Free, you mm. know? Um, so, it's, so that's just misleading marketing, sure. isn't it, really? Yes, it is indeed. greenwash. Because I'm, I'm one that would think that as well. If I mm. go and buy a packet of free yeah. range eggs and I see mm. the picture on the front, which mm-hmm. I don't see one on the front of cage eggs, I mm. instantly think, oh, that's better for the mm-hmm. animal. But what you're saying is the reality is there's one chicken per square metre. Yeah. And, and now we've got the federal government and the industries within, mm. such as the CSIRO mm. and RSPCA, who actually argue amongst themselves about what's right and what's not. Mm. 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 Okay, well, we've got some problems, it seems. Yes, so that's why we actually steer clear of that terminology ourselves. So mm. we use open range as our way of describing how our birds live. Yeah. Um, so what's the rules then around organics, other than the fact that obviously it's, the birds have to be you know fed organically and reared mm. on an organic environment? Sure. So we, so f- to to have certified organic eggs, you need to have your the laying hens need to be on your property at one day old. So one day, okay. From one day old, they're on your place and they're eating organic food and they're being looked after in, in a manner that um, gives them the most opportunity to express their how they how they want to live, which is being outside, you know, from basically two weeks old, we start letting ours outside and, you know, they have access to outside and grass and... Mm. And, and so why like two weeks? I notice you've got some birds up the back yes, here sure. um, that are on their well, own. Well, that's when they're young. ready. That's ba- basically, you know, once they have enough feathers and they can handle oh, being outside, yep, they need yep. they need heat and yes. um, a, a protected environment for the first couple of weeks. Mm. And then after that, they're, they're good to go. And they, are there start. rules around the amount of birds per area, like with free range or not? In organic farming, you said like in free range, oh. one bird per square metre. What's the rule as far as organic farming goes? There is no rule? Well, as they have to have access. They have to be outside. Um, and that, I guess that's the other thing because we have heard of um, organically certified eggs mm. that meet the free range standards, ah. which isn't... St- <laughs> so it all okay. comes back to not... You really just need to know your, your farmer. You know, it comes back to having that connection. Mm. You know, it can still be a little bit 
shady that that space. Yep. Because they one. can meet that, they can meet those standards. Um, be organic, but the mm. birds are all still squashed up well, and they picking each could other. Still be, they could still be in a in an environment that isn't isn't you know as conducive to them behaving how they they need to be. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Look, I haven't spent mm. a lot of time with chickens. Mm. I must say, um, I've had experience with um, chickens that are reared for meat, mm. however, and uh, was alarmed at the rate of uh, I'll use the word decay. But just in bird death, you know, they'd have 300,000 birds um, at one time. And every day, multiple people would walk around. It's a mm. full-time job, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, just picking up dead chickens all day long. Um, your chickens look real healthy here. What's the, what's the story? Well, we're, we're running them in, an envir- in a natural environment. So we create an environment that's as close as you can get to how they would live if they were in the wild. Yes. So... Therefore, they have access to um, different plants and insects, and so they're maintaining a healthy um, environment, um, healthy uh, flora, yep. and and keeping up their natural resilience to pests and diseases. So they walk around. I know you've got mm. a whole bunch of dandelions and things mm, on the yeah. uh, on the field there. Sure. You told me that uh, mm. a lot of farmers tend to just round up their dandelion. Mm. Yeah, that's it's sure. a frowned upon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of plant to be growing around the place. <laughs> yes. You you encourage more biodiversity with the amount of plant life that grows on your yard here. So they've got access to multiple plants, obviously lots of different, you know, nutrition and uh, mineral status and whatnot from the Absolutely. from the food. Um <clears throat> what are they actually fed? So they're eating insects and things, they're eating grasses. Mm-hmm. What do you feed them? So we we have an organic wheat yep. that they that's the bulk of their um their feed plus a plus an organic certified organic protein concentrate that we mix with the wheat. Okay. So that's their that's their supplement basically from what they can't find. And is there like a ratio? Here. Like do they eat like more of that than they do? Ah, uh, well, they definitely eat more of our grain um, supplement because they need that protein because they're laying so many eggs. They really just need a lot of protein. Yeah. Um, they can't do it without it. We actually notice if our protein is we have had some feed that protein wasn't quite as high and their egg production actually dipped dips yeah, yeah. so we have we have learned <laughs> the hard way mm-hmm. that yeah, you really need to maintain that high protein and it shows even in the egg i think you know the egg white protein quality that it's that makes a difference there as well mm. what mm. happens with um antibiotic exposure i know obviously mm-hmm. you know with you guys they're not given antibiotics mm. what happens if you get a sick bird have you had a sick bird we haven't. No, we the um, the deaths that that we've had have been um, of old age, um, as we'd all like to go. I think um, <laughs> there were minute and not the next, um, and then from mainly from aerial predators, we have wedge-tailed yeah. eagles. Yeah, yeah, um, nice. That um, there are certain parts of our property that are. In an eagle's territory. Yes. Um, and yeah, they, they come in, take themselves they a chicken like a from time to time. <laughs> Every mm. morning. Yeah, you can kind of handle it's... that though, can't you? Do you know what I mean? Oh, of it's course. Just... No, we're actually humbled by it. It's, like, it's an amazing to have these eagles, and oh, we've actually come quite close to them before, and they're just they're they're an awesome animal. And yeah, we we actually it was interesting um, the other day when they, they fly over occasionally or quite high up just to check things out. And, and that's probably once every two or three weeks. But the last time they did it, 
all these crows came out of the out of the middle, probably twenty or thirty crows came out of the bush around our house and started chasing the eagles away. Did they? Crows. And, yeah, and <laughs> I thought, well, I, I'm I'm happy with that. The the crows can eat a few eggs and they keep the eagles away for us. Perfect. Perfect. That's a symbiotic relationship. Every, yeah, if I've seen one. That's yeah. the kicker, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Talking of symbiosis, I know um, you guys are really big on soil ecology. Mm-hmm. And uh, we spoke beforehand. It took me by surprise actually using, uh, you know, fulvic acid replacements, humic mm-hmm. substances mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. earth to try mm-hmm. to uh, re-nurture that natural order of, of trace nutrients that should be in mm-hmm. our earths. Is mm-hmm. that a normal component of organic farming or that's just what you guys do because you're only retentive about <laughs> doing it the best you can? Pretty much. That's, um, that's just, I guess I have a, a quite a broad understanding of not just being organic because... I want to be organic, but just trying to understand as much as I can about the whole nutrient cycling and um, soil health and animal health. So I guess that's taken me to um, to understand the benefits of fulvic and humic acids and, and how they they can help stimulate soil biology and also the, the animal health benefits of that as well. So I actually use um, biodynamic preparations in the water of the animals as yep. well yep. because that... One of the biodynamic preparations, 500, has a lot of humic and fulvic acid in it. Mm. So I'll use that in, in the water, and then that, that will help there inoculate the animals, and they'll also spread that around the paddocks for me. So, yeah. so that's probably why they're not getting sick as often, yeah? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that's part. Yeah, it has um, quite high amounts of Bacillus subtilis in, in that yep. particular um, biodynamic preparation. So, mm. yeah, and that's, mm. that's an important for animal gut. As it is humans, Absolutely. what I understand. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then, like uh, Laura said before, mm. you know, then they give us an egg. Mm. And obviously, yes. the, the quality of the animal's mm. immune system and the quality of the animal's mm. nutrition and mm. trace nutrient levels, um, eggs are obviously better. And at the end of the day, the consumer just wants something that tastes good, right? But you can definitely notice the difference in flavour of the eggs over normal conventional eggs. And that's probably something that actually makes our day when mm. we hear from people that just say... You know, their daughters said, the daughters said, oh, these are the best eggs that we've ever had. And it's like, you know, they don't know whether organic or biodynamic or, mm. you know, what we are. But they're, you know, that just it's what that is reflecting how we're looking the after the animals. That, you know, the quality of the product is a level higher than anything else you'll get. So, so yeah. what's a consumer to do, right? I, I don't <clears> want to <throat> create confusion mm. here for consumers. If you, if you guys are a consumer mm. and you're not here... Um, you know, raising the world's healthiest chickens and therefore the best eggs. What does a consumer do when they go to Coles or Woolies or just into their local and they need to get a reasonable, it's, it sounds like it's a hard choice, to be honest <laughs> with you. What do they do when they get a reasonable egg? What's the best choice for people to buy? Um, well, we mentioned the, the category pastured mm-hmm. um, before. That that would be an absolute thing to look for. Pastured um, eggs. Pastured eggs. Yep. Um it's it's a little unfortunate that it sounds like pasteurized because it, it yeah. sounds as if that egg has been heated. Yes. But actually, it's just referring to um, the manner in which they're kept. They're actually kept in the paddocks um, and in the the way that, that we run our pastured animals is to move them around the property. So um, our hens move all around our property and our neighbor's property because um, yeah, you've got a big caravan down there, essentially, mm-hmm. don't you, on the back of a forklift, yeah. and that's, <laughs> yeah. their, that's, their, that's their boxes, well, not a forklift, I should say, a tractor, mm. and that's where they all go and do their laying, and then when you go and move the actual pen, you could just move that along with them. 
sure. drive it to the next yes. spot. Yeah, absolutely. Everything mm. is transportable. Um, Lawson moves the chicken tractor every day. Yeah. Um, so every day, um, the nitrogen that's in the manure that's that's dropped through the night because that's yeah. that's where the chickens roost and they have a um, a mesh floor. So the manure just drops through, through to the earth. The um, yeah. You know, helps create that living nitrogen beautiful microbiology that that then makes good good grass and mm. yeah and so healthy animals and how long would it be people. then until they're probably moved back to that spot well that's that's one of the big parts of our rotational system here that we the animals the chooks won't be on that particular piece of grass for up to three to four months okay so over a hundred days generally so it lets it fully regenerate we get full full regeneration recovery period Mm-hmm. Um, and that's same for and the that, cattle. And that's happening everywhere. Yes, that's everywhere. happening everywhere. Yeah. So, so is mm. that technique? Now, I'm, I'm just going to mm. say it as it is here. You guys have got 250 birds, right? You're, you're yes. small players in the scheme of egg Tiny. producers. <laughs> yeah. So is it possible for large players to have similar growing methods or do they just mm. get completely outdone because of lack of space? Sure. Well, I, I listen to podcasts and read articles all the time about I know it's happening in Australia, but most of this is based in the US, where they, you know, have three or four thousand birds in caravans, five times bigger than ours, and they drag those around thousands of acres of land. Oh, really? So it's just scaled up. Okay. Yeah. So they, so they do do it. Oh, though. sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And are there other growers like you guys around Australia that are doing similar things yes. that people might be able to mm-hmm. access? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Is yes. there is there websites or anything for these people, or you got to sort of just ask around in your local region? Um, well, that's that's the best thing to do, as Lawson mentioned before, knowing your farmer, mm. um, and so asking at farmers markets, um, speaking to, that's to a great the idea. growers, yep. um, that's great, and also local grocers' shops, um, they tend to have their finger on the pulse more than the supermarkets will do. Mm. Um, there are organisations um, like Proof. Um, now I'm pregnant and all of my brain cells have moved to my baby. So oh, congratulations! <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> Thank you. Congrats. Um, Shannon's lying. I'm enormous. Um, <laughs> um, Shannon will keep his tongue <laughs> firmly placed in his mouth right now. Um, um, definitely, the first word in proof um, in the acronym is pastured, um, but um, I've completely lost what the others are. But if you Google it, you will find it. Yes, yeah, so open pasture, pastured, pasture-raised yes, chickens, eggs, and probably farmers at the end. Um, they have a, a whole range, um, and if you just searched searched pastured farmers in in your particular state then hopefully something would come up Mm. there too um and yeah just going back to the consumer thing the the pastured is is definitely one category to look for and then if you can find pastured organic then you've wow you've top category you know Mm -hmm. struck that (laughs) struck that beautiful bottle do you guys get a lesser yield of your birds than what conventional farmers would like, are your birds laying less eggs or it's the same um, ratio? They've just got more birds. So we we would be um, – our, our birds would be laying the same amount of eggs, but we would lose a few just through crows and, you yeah. know, you get more damaged eggs from – they lay, might lay a random one out in the paddock and <laughs> just that variability of having a natural system. Yeah. You're just never going to have the same um, production rates, I think, just just because of that. 
And we also don't have um, uh, any sort of artificial lighting. Um, some of the other um, larger industrial commercial um, Growers. egg systems yeah. will will have lighting on in their sheds to encourage the birds to imagine to more. that it's, it's daytime yeah. and I need to keep keep pumping out my eggs. So mm. um, we, you know, does we, that we let give, our birds rest. Does that give the bird a uh, you know well, a shorter shelf life? I definitely think it does because yeah. you know they what they do is they maintain um daylight hours so you you don't get that reduced daylight hours through winter when birds naturally will reduce their egg laying mm. so yes they will be performing at a higher rate um right through their sort of laying career I suppose yeah and then when they stop yeah. laying like, mm. who knows what happens to them yes I, I have no what, idea what, what happened to your birds you know, that's a good question mm-hmm. really um, you know we're here for, partly for animal <laughs> conservation sure. what happens so mm. you get how long do you get out of a laying bird generally well 18 months is the industry standard mm-hmm. uh, we're looking at running owls for about 30 months okay. um, and then they move on to a friend's vineyard and eat, oh. eat insects and help nice. him control his Pests and diseases. So, Brilliant. So yeah, they get a good relax life. under the vines. And mm. retirement yep. in the vines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And future backyard people if they want them. But, yeah. That was my next question. Mm. Could people have a few chooks like this? I know it's getting more and more popular. Mm. People are mm. sort of producing their own eggs at home. They don't have the requirements you guys do, obviously, because there's no commercial interest in their sale. But could people have you know three or four of these type of chickens of yours at home and let them live under the same kind of arrangement? Or they wouldn't be able to because you know they don't have the land? You would need a, a little bit of space, certainly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sure. Chicken tractors um, are becoming really, really popular. Um, I, what's a chicken tractor? So it's a, a movable hen house okay. on wheels yeah. um, that that will have a um, a run enclosure um, attached to it. So um, people are sort of dragging these around. There. Bits of grass at mm. a time. Yeah. Yeah. Give them yeah. a couple backyard. of days. Move it backyard mm-hmm. um, and. Yeah, a, a lot of people are finding that they're great assets for their vegetable gardens, as as Lawson mentioned. You know the pest control aspect. Yeah. Um, gotta love the manure, like. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect for the yeah, gardens. Yeah. Exactly. Um, they're they're really beneficial all round, and they're really entertaining. So I would uh, definitely they recommend. They seriously have personality, don't oh, they? Definitely. Yeah. I'll see yeah. that one bite me foot. Certainly has some personality. <laughs> But they really do have some – my kids are down there having a great time with them right now. But talk, uh, talk beef with me, guys. Um, you know, you, you've got a whole – how many cattle you got down there now? Oh, we've got about 40 head. Yeah, okay. Some of our friends and some most – yeah, mostly ours. So, yep, yeah. and, and they're being bred for meat. Yes, yep, yep. yep. Is there a difference in the um, – the I don't quite know what the term would be, but the age of the animal, I guess I'd say. Is there a difference in the age of the animal when animals are bred with inorganic conditions? Does it take longer to bring them up to like full size or full spec where they'd be you know, cut down then for meat? Well, I guess I'm only just learning this side of, of what we're as of the beef industry. I did grow up on a on a sheep and cattle farm in Western Victoria, but I guess I have been out of that for a long time. Mm. So from my understanding the Generally, majority of cattle will get sold, um, and then sold, bought by feedlots, and then raised on grain probably for three or four months. Um, and they, and yes, on that grain period, they will put on a lot of condition in three or four months to get them to the point where they're they're ready for a for a butcher to process them. On a grass fed system, 
you would be looking at, you know, I, I'm, I'd be probably looking about two, keeping them for about two years. Okay. Um, and you don't uh, introduce grain at all? No, not at all. Um, so yes. part of... Sorry. Sorry, I was just yeah. going to say there's a, a lovely saying um, that's come from Joel Salatin, one of our American heroes um, in the farming world. And um, he he says that um, if cows were meant to eat grain, they would have a beak. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. They're bovines. How, mm. how many of us are there in the world? At some point, you've got to look at, well, what's the size of the population and how many people are wanting to have meat twice a day? Mm. It gets mm. to the point where it just becomes you know, a commercial viability, doesn't it, to have to produce more and more and more and more and more. So I understand why grain comes in. It's just not the best thing for us, mm. is it? You know? mm. And even with, I think, a lot of grass, I've read before that a lot of this you know, you know, grass-fed beef mm-hmm. might be grass-fed for a period, and then it's stuck on uh, grain at the end of the feed cycle for a few months in order to pump it up for that size it requires anyway. That's Similar to what you were saying beforehand mm. with mm. your organic birds, like you'll, you'll, you'll get a bird that's organic that you need to be able to have from day one living on your pasture system here versus, I think you said to me before, Hand, um, other people will buy birds at 18 weeks. Yes. Is that right? Laying age. Yes. yes. So they'll buy a bird at laying mm. age, 18 weeks, yes. then take them into an organic environment claiming well, they're organic. Free, it would be a, that would be a pastured environment. So they could be pastured hens mm. laying in a similar si- setup to ours with a caravan out in the paddock. They could say they're pasture grown eggs yep. but those hens if they're not organic they could have come from a from 18 months old they could have been living in a shed environment and um, being fed antibiotics yes. yeah the whole time yeah for the whole time until yeah. they've yep. actually come out to the so that's where the organic organic grading really sets everything apart i've got you yes i've got you so we need to be mm. looking for organic pastured mm-hmm. eggs yes exactly <laughs> yes, that's, that's it that's the creme de la yeah. creme I think that uh, I think you really touched on it before when you said about the um, the farmers markets. That seems to be the key, doesn't it? You know, most areas now have farmers markets. Mm-hmm. From from you know, from what I can see, mm. I've obviously travelled much of Australia now, and everywhere I've gone, there's always been some kind of you know weekend farmers market or stall, you know, at the local school or something. And these are probably the places where you can find out who's doing what in your local neighbourhood. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I I think they um, there's a bit of a revolution with it all. They're they're becoming. Um, you know, they're social spots as well, you know, mm. a great opportunity to get out there and, and get friendly with people. But, um, yeah, what what a brilliant opportunity to actually meet these um, often shy and retiring people who yeah, are spending from dawn till dusk growing our food. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Well, it's such I a nice way to connect markets. back, isn't mm. it? Like mm-hmm. I was buying uh, herbs the other day from the farmer's market here in Margs. I was getting, you know, my wife couldn't believe it. We got uh, a thing of uh, dill and another, th- I don't know I say thing, but another thing of basil. It wasn't a pun, <laughs> let me tell you. This, these things had come out of the earth and still had the roots on them and they were, you know, two foot by a foot, mm. you know, like two foot <laughs> high, a foot wide. For three dollars, you know, and mm. um, the lady was saying that she just picked them like you know the the day before, and then I bought some Fuji apples of a guy who you know he was an old fella, probably much like you're talking about, someone that you probably wouldn't hear or see from much, and uh, he just loved the fact we're having his apples, and he you know <laughs> grab one and bite it in front of us and show how juicy it was, and do you know what I mean? I think you miss a lot of that, sure. don't you? Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like anyone else, I have to go and buy from Coles and things these days because I am on the road and I'm mm. not a local anywhere. But when you do get the opportunity in your local area to get down and talk to the people growing the produce for you mm-hmm. it just connects you to each other it connects you back to the earth yeah. it's just a i think it's a really nice thing you know, i think we've lost that with food 
Yes, and that's part of what we're trying to do here. I mean, we've we've only been here um, just over two years, yeah. and um, part of what we're we're trying to do is um, to help people connect those dots, well, reconnect those dots between our human health and looking after our animals' health, which mm. I believe we have a responsibility to do. Of course. Um, and our earth. You know, it all comes back to that healthy soil creates all of these other healthy systems. So, yeah, we're, we're hoping to... Um, and, you yeah, say re- and you say reconnect, though, in the true reality that once we were more connected mm. and we've lost That's that it, just through, right. you know, oh, through industrial. Life, commercialism, industrial mm. revolutions mm-hmm. and all these sorts of things. Yeah, it's sort of taken sure. us away from our food mm-hmm. things and become more sort of packet orientated sure. and long yeah. shelf life, you know, when yeah. we start to miss that as people. Absolutely. And, and the value of our food as well has mm. just sunk so low mm. that, you know, it's more about whether a carrot is straight. Mm than whether a carrot, you know, is tasty <laughs> and, yeah, and has, has, yeah, got, has yeah. got some real value in yeah. eating. Mm. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, I, I think things are changing yeah. rapidly. Things are changing. People are um, starting to, to want more. They're starting to ask questions and they're wanting more. Don't eggs find themselves in that basket, though? You know, people are, are accustomed to paying four dollars oh. for twelve eggs, and then all of a sudden, when someone asks them to pay seven fifty or eight fifty or something for you know organic pasture, you know, raised eggs, it seems like the world's um, st- you know mm-hmm. steepest drive, which makes people think they're being ripped off. But at the end of the day, it's not so much a case of being ripped off; it's the fact that someone has undervalued those cage mm. eggs, and at the expense of the animal, just pumping these things out, and then at the expense of the farmer who's making fuck all from their yield and you know the coals and woolies are happy to make not much else there's such small mm, margin mm, there mm, that yeah. when when someone yes. starts to want to make a normal margin that would allow you to you know pay your mortgage and feed your mm. kids it's deemed as you know unaffordable um, 2d whatever else it it's might amazing, be isn't i know it? you laugh yeah, about hit, it but it's true oh right? well, you've Absolutely. just hit the nail on the head it's what we talk about all the time mm. what the value that in general, the general population puts on food, mm. and it's it is literally just a dollar value. There's no other thing, nothing else attached to that. Mm. The the um, environmental costs, the um, you know the cost to the workers living working in a healthy environment, which all takes a little bit longer. You know, for us to move our chooks around once you know once a day and mm, once which, a week yeah, and exactly. you know which, which all... takes you a couple of hours mm, moving sure. things which yes. is obviously time yeah oh even, it's all time you, and even if you put minimum mm. wage on it you yeah know, like minimum <laughs> yeah. wage you're, sure. still, you're still looking at like yes. a wage mm. yeah, <laughs> you're in your own <laughs> business you know get wages do we but, uh, but you know what i mean like even well, at minimum value mm. it might cost you 40 bucks a day mm. to oh, have to easily. move those birds mm-hmm. around and you do that for the goodness of both the bird and also the egg and therefore the consumer because obviously we've got this structure in place that goes mm. up the ladder mm. but um when people go and buy their cage eggs well this isn't happening they're not even outside they're sitting inside they're under lights that are making these things you know produce more all the time mm. probably dying earlier uh and what do they do with conventional chickens when they die do we, do we know this or when uh, they're sick or i don't know I... pop them up or something i've heard uh, the word sausage mentioned not really mm. not when they die i hope okay. <laughs> 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 um but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't actually know what happens to them. It does come down to worth, though. I think you've really, like, that's going to be the takeaway for me. You know, I, I see so many people out there that put more worth on um, on, on their shoe. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, the, mm. new, the new Air Jordan comes out mm. or, the, you know, the mm. new 
$2,500 designer handbag comes out that somehow we see value in. Yeah. Um, yet when it comes to something that we have day in, day out, we crack, we stick it in a recipe, we crack, we stick Whoa. it in the pan, whatever. It's kind of like we don't, we don't like think about that, do we? Yes. We sort of, and the nutritional mm. value, um, we, we have a lovely um, naturopath who um, is one of our most favorite clients and she calls um, our eggs her her superfood vitamin pill. Mm. She says, this is my, you know, multivitamin that I feed to my children every day. Mm. And um, one of her kids can even eat our eggs and, and they're allergic to is regular right? chicken wow. eggs. Um, mm. Isn't that interesting? It's very interesting. It <laughs> yeah. makes you wonder what they're mm. allergic to. Exactly. exactly. Whether, yeah. you know, it's what's gone into the grain yeah. that's being fed to that chicken some um, sort of you know antibiotic or preservative or who knows there's a number of things it, that it, it could, could be and i think that might come down to a lot of issues that people are having with food you know is it is it the is it the is glucose it the or is it what's is done to it, it or is it yeah what's yeah. part of the process of that food growing it is and it's a very good point because I think food has become <clears throat> less of a macronutrient these days and less mm. of a micronutrient and, and, and more of a toxic nutrient. You know, our food mm. in many ways is toxic. And it's funny, you talk about like the, uh, the grapes beforehand, uh, Lawson, you know, like I didn't mm. know that about grapes that there'd be like, you know, a spray for <laughs> each, each season and a, a spray for this and a spray mm. for that. And, you know, and when things are getting sprayed so regularly, um, it's got to have an impact. So just for an example, I, because I've certified three vineyards now to be certified organic so to go through that process it takes two to three years um so you have to get all the you have to get the wine you have to get your wines tested to make sure there's no chemical residue in the particular um in that wine before they you know before it's allowed to to be certified and we we had one particular wine tested this was in the in the pre in the pre-certification period and it had came up with a chemical in that in that wine that hadn't been used. I'd been there for two years. I hadn't used that chemical. Mm-hmm. So it actually been the sitting in the, the residue earth. within the yeah. earth or in the vine material itself yep. for more than two years, and it still came up in the in the uh, results. And enough, like part per yeah, million, yeah, that you sure. couldn't get it sure. Oh, no, no, it was still in there. Wow. Mm. Mm. Doesn't that bring up some, some issues? <laughs> it makes you shudder. <laughs> but but the, what, the part that makes me shudder is this is an organisation of people who are doing their utmost to grow something organically. You know, they're trying to mm. do it the right way, mm. yet it mm. comes up as an issue. So what about those that don't try to do it the right way? You know, mm. What does that mean as far as these residues go? What does this, you know, what's this toxic? Oh. Well, we know what this toxic build-up does in our <clears> body. You know, I sit here like I'm hypothesizing, but you know, we've got a, a whole rise of diseases these, these days, and you know, most of them come back to nutrient deficiencies mm-hmm. and you know, high toxic loads and cellular oxidative stress that the body just can't cope with anymore. Mm. And I really think you hit the nail on the head, Laura, when you said that people don't value food anymore like they once did we, of, we often talk about what what has someone just bought that's a similar price to our eggs retail price you know mm. it could be a, a pint of beer mm. it's more than what our eggs are and these are mm. this is something that people can have three four meals out of yeah and it and the, and the suite of minerals and and protein that's in that that's that's good for you and it's a staple part of your diet that's what we'd love to see that sort of change that whole um, you know, the value of the things you actually eat every day should be the things you put more value on. Mm. I think, though, the part about it that 
everyone will acknowledge is mm. that there is nothing more important than your health. Mm. But most people don't notice that until they don't have that health anymore. You mm. know, the amount of people that I treat that will come in with, you know, like cancer, for instance, that will do anything now to be well because obviously that mortal coil mm-hmm. has been pulled upon and now they question these things you know now all of a sudden they want to do the organic juices three times a day and fasting protocols and then they want to make sure that everything they eat is non-toxic that they put in their mouth and they'll get rid of all their personal hygiene mm. products that are obviously mm-hmm. poisoning them from the outside in sure. they, they ask these questions at the point mm-hmm. when the dysfunction has already occurred and isn't that just the sure. way though you know, of course. Like, yeah, it's isn't that tragic. just the way? You know, it's, like you don't question something mm. until it happens. And you go, oh, fuck. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hang on. And no? that awareness is where. Yeah. But, you know, as I mentioned, I'm, I'm pregnant and, um, you know, reading reading books around, you know, giving you advice on on how to live and, and how to eat and, and that kind of thing. You know, they're, they're all sort of advocating an organic way forward, mm. you know, saying, you know, Clean up the chemicals in your home, you know. You don't want to be having these things in your kitchen, mm. <laughs> you know. You mm. don't want your baby to be crawling around yeah. on the floor. It's just been, and... goodness knows, yeah, bleached to... Um, so, yeah, you know, that, that that birth and the and the death kind of, you know, <laughs> those two ends of the spectrum. That's where the education That's, that's where the awareness that's right. is. Yeah. Yes. But it's like, well, what <laughs> about that life? <laughs> <laughs> what about our quality of daily life? Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we the only bits get... bits that count in the mm. middle. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We have one day each when the sun comes up and, you know, yeah, what what do we feed ourselves? It's, mm. it's uh, Big questions. Really yeah. big questions, you know. And you know what? I think I'll leave it there because I think that's something that people need to get off this podcast and start to ponder. You know what I mean? What do I value? What do I put in my body? You know, um, what what's it worth to me? You know, what's it going to be worth later to me if I do things wrong and now I start to get dysfunctional? I'm funny with states of dysfunction now and the fact that, um, you know, disease is so multifactorial. I don't think mm. you can ever attribute mm. it to any one thing. So sure. I'm not the type that runs around, you know, I'm trying to pressure people to just eat organic. I think there's just so many... Um, you know, um, contentious issues in this world, you know, that affect us in so many ways, even outside of the, of the physical self that I think it's a component, but I think it's an important one. And that's the reason why I wanted to come here today, chat to you guys, you know, obviously have a look over at your pasture here, get to know your chickens, which has been really fun. <laughs> um, and thanks guys for spending the time. It's been really enlightening, but for, the, for those of you guys listening, get yourself to farmer's markets, find organic pasture raised or you know, open pasture um, uh, birds that are going to give you a much better yield nutritionally as far as eggs go. Best of luck, Laura, with the pregnancy. Thank and you. Um, I hope that brain of yours starts working again. But, you know, I think you've done <laughs> pretty do. well, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I would never make the baby the baby brain call, but uh, you did, so I'll, uh, I'll hammer you for it now. <laughs> Thank you also, Lawson. It's been really interesting hearing your story and uh, your crossover from grapes into um, eggs and, and now cattle. Uh, I wish you the best with uh, your local produce here in the region. Mate, I, I look out there, and I know that this land, as far as I can see, is yours. I can't see any reason why you can't upscale. <laughs> why can't you grow enough eggs for the world? Of course. Yeah, of course we can. Ladies Bastard. <laughs> Thanks, Shannon. All right, guys. Thank you very much. And uh, guys, yeah, find some good, uh, good resources in your area and uh, start questioning your own health. See you next week. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Caravan Conversations, proudly produced by PSE Supplements. To see more about the podcast, including notes from the episode, please visit caravanconversations.com.